after my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to Locked On Jaguars, part of the Locked On Sports Podcasting Network. This year, your host, Zach Goodall. Follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. Check us out on iTunes. You can look us up, Locked On Jaguars. Be sure to subscribe. You'll get the episode every time it comes out, automatic update. Or And also be sure to leave a rating and review, help grow our audience. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my guest for the night. His name is... Christopher Thornton. He's a well-known member of Jaguars Twitter, and he may or may not be behind the Dave Caldwell GM handle, but we're going to let that one figure itself out on its own. <laughs> but Chris, go ahead and give yourself a quick plug. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, first time on the Locked On podcast. Uh, if you've been following Zach for a while, I was a guest on 11 on 11 and actually run it now. Uh, you can follow me, I guess, on Twitter at, at Misto Christofo. I'm sure Zach will probably put that in the description so none of you have to guess. Christopher. So none of you have to guess how to spell it. Yeah, I'll um, I'll definitely type that into the thing. You guys don't need to hear us try because I guarantee I'd get it wrong. Obviously, Chris <laughs> can get it right, but we're just not even going to go there. But we're going to go out and dive into it. This is going to be a Saturday morning published, so Friday night recording. So this is the news as of right now. The injury report for both teams, the Friday one, came out today. And Bortles, which I've talked about several times now on the pod, including in my conspiracy theory thing, had his right wrist injury, but he's been a full participant. Uh, Deshaun Gibson has had an ankle injury, and he's going up from did not practice to limited to full practice, so he'll play. Chad Henney suddenly has an illness where he didn't practice Friday. Again, conspiracy. Alan Hearns um, has been a limited participant Wednesday and then full participant Thursday, Friday for a shoulder injury. Malik Jackson has been limited all week. I have a feeling he'll be set to go. Brandon Linder did not practice Wednesday, was limited on Thursday, and full practice Friday. He'll be good. Lorente McRae has been ruled out with a knee injury. Jalen Ramsey has been listed as questionable. Did not practice one day this week, but did on another two. He'll be good. Cam Robinson somehow showed up on this injury report, and I had no idea that he was going to make it. 
it kind of was a shock to me, and I put it out on Twitter. I asked, why did no one tell me about this? But he's been limited the past two days with a shoulder injury and is questionable. The newly claimed Jaguar receiver Jalen Strong from the Houston Texans did not practice the past two days with a hamstring injury and is out. The biggest takeaway I have from this injury report is Cam Robinson because we already know the offensive line is shaky. And Cam's been really good so far as a rookie, but like he and Linder are their only real solid to good parts of the offensive line. There's no real depth behind them that's like proven that they can be serviceable when in a pinch. But Chris, I mean, how big is an injury to Cam Robinson to this offensive line? Huge. It's really, the, really the only word you can put for it is huge. I mean, you bring this rookie left tackle out after the whole Brandon Albert fiasco where he probably wasn't even going to start at tackle. And now you throw him out there. Week one, he looks dominant against Davian Clowney and J.J. Watt. And you couldn't have asked for a better performance in week one. Week two, not so much. I haven't really looked at the footage too much since I was there. So I didn't really have a good perspective on the entire line. But I don't believe he let up too many big plays. I know he he let up the one uh, strip fumble in the uh, first half that came from his side, but definitely a cornerstone in the uh, offensive line and definitely someone you don't want out uh, in a game like this, where you're trying to bounce back from a really bad loss. As Kalias said uh, this morning, he said, good teams don't lose two games in a row. So I think really there's a lot riding on this game and it's a very winnable game because I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are just sitting on IR right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're going to get more into game predictions in a little bit. But, um, I mean, besides Cam, when you look at this already pretty lengthy injury report, and it's only week three, there's what looks like 10 people on the report. Besides Cam, what's the biggest, like, most worrisome injury on there? Even though, I, it, just take the, it being a big name out of it and, like, kind of combine it with how major the injury might be and how, you know, how much that could hurt the team. I just want to go back real quick. Uh, when you mentioned Malik Jackson, you said he was limited, but actually on Friday or today he was full, so he should be good to go uh, come Sunday. Oh gosh, just yeah, not I to that up. yeah, not to worry anybody there. Uh, I mean, a lot of the main people. Really, the only one that's kind of scary is Jalen Ramsey, limited. But then again, he didn't practice at all last week against the Titans and looked okay in the game. I mean, he was only targeted once, I think. Yeah, so, there's an incompletion. And I mean, really, <laughs> there's not really a whole lot of weapons that you're going to have to be really worrying against the Ravens at this point because they're all not playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Jeremy Macklin, and even if uh, Ramsey was out, you got Boye on him. So nothing too serious. Mm-hmm. But if I had a name that I was concerned with, it was Ramsey. Uh, a little disappointed that Jalen Strong's hurt. Was kind of hoping to maybe see a little debut from him. Uh, I like the waiver pickup, contrary to what some Jacks fans said. I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, might as well just take a shot when you're getting depleted at receiver as we are. So Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, it shows that they're at least willing to take a chance on something, even though they should have taken a chance on a quarterback a long time ago. But, I mean, Jalen Strong, if there's anything that he's at least decent at, it's going up and getting 50-50 balls because he's got a big size and a uh, high vertical. So he kind of is an attempt at replacing Robinson since Robinson's out. So I agree. I like that pickup a lot. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, Jalen Strong has an inch on Allen Robinson at 6'4", and that's what you needed. That's You didn't need a short possession guy or anything like that. You needed somebody who could go up and get the football, what Allen Robinson excelled at. And I think that's kind of what was missing from the Titans game last week. I think Blake was kind of missing having that possible 50-50 ball, let somebody go up and get it. I think that'll hurt a lot during the season. We'll go ahead on to the Ravens' injury report, and I'm just going to – not go one by one necessarily, but do a little quicker. Um, there's five questionable players. Receiver Michael Campanero. Uh, let's see. Defensive back and linebacker Anthony Levine Sr. Wide receiver Chris Matthews. Outside linebacker Zadarius Smith. And running back Terrence West. And then the guys who have been ruled out. Cornerback Jalen Hill. Tackle Dweget Joseph. I don't know exactly how to say that. Do we get, do we go? Something like that. Uh, Brandon Williams, defensive tackle, and Max Williams, tight end. What uh, injury there is the most major in terms of hurting the Ravens? Brandon Williams, by far. Uh, he was He's probably their best run stopper on defense. He didn't even travel with the team to London. Uh, and I think him being out, on top of a bunch of other injuries that might not even be listed because they're already on IR. Yeah. Uh, really helps the run game for the Jags. Uh, if they can get Fournette going in his first time in London, maybe get the crowd into it a little bit because you know there's going to be a lot of 27 jerseys there. Yeah. Uh, and not for Dwayne Gratz. Uh, <laughs> it will – It will. that's, yeah, by far biggest uh, exclamation point the Jags could really see. Uh, it would suck if we lost Ramsey because that's kind of like a tit and tat type thing where, well, you lost Max or uh, Brandon Williams. We lost Jalen Ramsey, but I'm hoping we keep Ramsey and they, well, they're obviously going to be with that Williams. So yeah, Brandon Williams, huge loss for the Ravens, huge gain for the Jags. So let's go ahead and preview the game on that note. We've been through both teams injury lists. Uh, we know who they're missing. Um, give me some of the matchups you look forward to the most for this game like Jaguars run game versus the um, Ravens defensive line or uh, by the Jaguars pass rush against Joe Flacco stuff like that uh, I mean I really think the big thing is this Jags O-line versus the Ravens defense uh, being able to kind of see how they handle a defense that's on the rise with a lot of young guns that uh, have a lot of weapons so that's the big thing. And then I guess what you're, yeah, what you mentioned, uh, the run game versus this Ravens D line, can it do something? Can it muster up something? Because we saw when they were able to run the ball, uh, semi-efficiently against Houston, that kind of helped Bortles in the passing game where he didn't have to do as much well, compared to this. He still, still sucks. Yeah. But I do agree. It, it was, it was manageable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at it, and I see an offense that really, is, A, is depleted, and B, not that talented. And I know that the Jaguars' defense has obviously been inconsistent, but I think this is a game where they can go and like take a huge stand against a really depleted offense. And then their defense, uh, I know everyone's saying it's so good because they have as many turnovers as points, but, I mean, they played Cleveland and Cincinnati. And I don't want to give the Jaguars any credit and say that they're, they're so much better than this other team. But those teams literally have no dimensions whatsoever. Cleveland has no passing or running game so far from the looks of it. And Cincinnati has been a total disaster on offense all around. 
So like you said, if the Jaguars' run game can take advantage of Brandon Williams being out, then suddenly there's a bit of a dimension there where you can start to perhaps expose a lot more of the Ravens' supposed great defense, even though it's really young. I don't think it's necessarily as good as everyone thinks, besides Terrell Suggs being like 50, but stuff like (laughs) that. When fully healthy and maybe a year or two down the road, this Ravens defense is going to be top tier in the league. I think it will be. I don't think it's there yet. Not yet. They need some, they need some guys to come back healthy, and they just need to mature a little bit. But when all there, it's going to be a scary unit to go against. So what's the final score of the game going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be a defensive battle with some fluke plays in between. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the highest scoring team uh, gets above 20. I think it will be 20 and below. Uh, I think the Jags do win this one. They seem to perform slightly better in London, uh, and they definitely need it this year. So I'm thinking, like, Jags 20, Ravens, like, 16 or 17. Like, definitely within a possession. Yeah. I, um, I have a feeling this is going to be exactly like that, uh, was it Monday or Thursday night game back in, like, 2012, where they went, like, 12 to 9 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, even last year when they played each other back mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, it was nineteen seventeen. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be 13-9. Jaguars win, and I shouldn't be giving them this type of credit, but I don't know. There's just something about me that makes me think that they can win this game. It would be unlike, very Jaguars. But. Unlike last week, I my football sense was telling me no to say it to the Titans, but the inner Jags in me wanted 2-0. Oh. But this yeah. week, I... And this week, they're both kind of aligned to where I could kind of say the Jags in somewhat confidence. But it could obviously go either way because the Jags will jag. Exactly. This also happens. But, yeah, I'm going 13-9. I think the Jaguars won it. 13-9. Myers must have a pretty decent day. Yeah, two field goals. Two field goals. One extra point. One touchdown from Leonard Fournette. I think Fournette. Yeah. I think Fournette. I know Fournette had a hundred yards in his first game at exactly a hundred yards, and uh, that was kind of in a blowout. But I think Fournette's going to have like a true like one hundred yard day. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I yeah, think he's just yeah, going to yeah. be dominant rushing the ball. I think he will I think, too. I think he might eclipse one fifty this week. That that'd be big against this defense. Even I'll give him a little credit there, where I said I think they're overhyped, but I still think at one fifty would be huge. I think that'd be huge for this entire like offense being able to like consistently yeah. run the ball well, especially yeah. Fournette. I think they need to start giving Corey Grant carries to totally change things up too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, look at last week against the Titans. He had, mm-hmm. I think, one rushing play, and he he was he was a shoelace away from busting it for a touchdown. Yeah. That might have changed that entire game. You know. Yeah, I think they need to. I think they need to get a little bit better with calling who they're running with. I still think Fournette shouldn't lead the league in carries whatsoever. I still think they should be limited. Keep them around like 300 max on the season because I no matter who else you're giving it to, I want to be sure that in year 10 of his NFL career, Leonard Fournette is still able to play like he did in his seventh. Mm-hmm. Unlike Maurice Jones-Drew was done with his Jaguars before he turned 29. Mm-hmm. So I want to be sure that this lasts. I know a lot of people disagree. I would give the ball to Corey Grant as much as you can. Have him be a change-up guy. Have Fournette carry it 300 times. Grant, like, 75. Ivory, like, 50. Yeldon, like, 4. Yeldon, like, 0. Uh, yeah. I Get him off my that. team. I agree. All right. Well, I think that will just about wrap it up for us. Chris, thank you for coming on. Give yourself one last plug. 
Uh, yeah, so if you didn't catch at the beginning, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at, at MisoCristofo. Uh, the name will be in the description. Uh, as always, thank you for having me on here, and I'm hopefully we'll be back on as a guest uh, in the near future. For sure, bro. I'll catch up with you soon. And you guys, thank you for listening to Locked on Jaguars. Be sure to subscribe. I'll have a post up Sunday night with a rapid reaction to the game. Subscribe, rate, and review. Help us grow that audience. And peace out. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.